Our scripture today comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Let us hear now the word of the Lord. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land flowing with streams, with springs and underground waters welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees, trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whom, whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances, and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions. He made water flow, flow for you from flint rock and fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know to humble you and to test you and in the end to do you good. Do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he is doing today. The word of the Lord. We do this service every year as a way of remembering what God has done before us. And I think this is a really, really good practice. Uh, no wonder, because I have control over what we do in here and I'm still doing it. So I think it's very good for us to look back and to remember our history, remember what God has done in the years before us, generations maybe even before us in preparation for when we would come to be and live in this life today. So what a blessing it is to look back and to remember what the Lord has done for us. It's all over the Old Testament scripture, this practice. We read it today in the Deuteronomy passage, that there is a commandment there from Moses as he is leaving the people of Israel with final instructions and commandments before they take the promised land, which he himself will never see. He's giving them instructions to not forget the Lord, but to continue to look back and remember because he understands and knows that only in knowing where we've come from and what the Lord has done for us can we have a clue as to where he is calling us and what he wants us to do in the future. You see, God works like this in ways that are mysterious to us where he weaves threads of symmetry through the stories of our lives and our communities that tell us something about the trajectory, trajectory of where we are going. So it's an amazing thing that to look back and remember the Lord provides us clues as to where we are to go in the future. 
The amazing thing about this book, Deuteronomy, is that many scholars believe that it was collected and put together and edited in a time much later in Israel's history, when a young king gained control over the nation of Judah— His name was Josiah, and one day he was going amongst the artifacts and things, or he had servants who were going amongst the artifacts, and he was a very young boy, uh, only in his late, probably tens, or maybe 11 or 12, somewhere around there. And the servants brought back to him books that they had found recording the history of Israel. And he demanded that they would read those books aloud to him, and he began to hear the stories of his people for the first time. Imagine that, a people who were founded upon the commandment to remember what God had done, and yet they had strayed so far from the Lord's commands in remembering what God had done for them, that Josiah, as the king, was the first time hearing about Israel's history. And as he heard this, his heart began to burn, and he became on fire for the Lord, and he reformed the nation. He began to tear down the altars to the false gods. He began to reinstitute worship in the temple and reinstitute the priests who were due the ministry of the work of the Lord there in the temple. And he reformed the writings of Israel, and he began to pull them together and edit them and make them prominent again in the life of the people of Israel and Judah so that they would remember what the Lord had done for them so that they might move forward following after his will. An incredible story for us today. But I want to give one warning. Whenever we look back and we remember the things of old, what's one temptation that we have that might not be as good for us? I heard it over here. Nostalgia. How many of you have ever gone back and visited something that you hadn't been to in a very long time, maybe since you were a kid? How many of you were amazed at how different that place was, even it's just in its geographical dimensions, than how you remembered it as a kid? I remember the first time as an adult, I went back to my neighborhood, my childhood neighborhood, and this was only not that long after I had lived there for about 13 years. And I went back and I remember driving from my house to my elementary school and to my high school and I thought, wow, that was really short. It was like not even a mile to my high school, but as a child and as a high schooler, when I used to walk to school, it felt like I was walking for days, right? You remember that? Uphill both ways in the snow in Northern California. And so nostalgia can get for the better of us. We could remember not what the Lord has done, but remember things with rosy glasses just to make ourselves feel better about what once was because what we're experiencing right now is not what we want it to be. And so we begin to judge the things of now based on that nostalgia rather than a real comprehension of what have been. How many of you have ever said this phrase, kids these days? Raise your hands because you have all said it. I've said it. Kids these days. They're the same as you. You did the same stuff. It's a slightly different wrapping and package of culture, and they're experiencing slightly different things, but humans are humans and have always been humans. And when you were a teenager, you were a teenager. 
And so we begin to look back and we get wrapped up and want things to go back to that rosy colored image that we've created in our mind when in reality we struggled with things and there was difficult times and we were disobedient to the will of God. And so to actually look back and remember is not a practice of wanting to go back to the way things were, but it's a practice of remembering that even in those difficult times, even when we were disobedient, God was there. God led us. God gave us grace. He helped mature us. He helped us bring us deeper into our knowledge of him through various ways and means. What an amazing thing to look back, not for nostalgia purposes, not to recapture the good old days and make it like it was again today, but to remember what the Lord has done so that we might praise him for that and remember that he's at work today. That he's working in our youth, in our children, and in your life in the same way that he worked then. And if we would trust him and surrender to him and follow after his will, we would find all kinds of blessings for our future as we continue to live this life together. So as we look back and remember what the Lord has done, I encourage you, don't think of it through those rosy-colored glasses. Instead, really think about your family history, your family story, the story of our church, and remember it for what it really was, for what the Lord had done for you, for us. Worship him, praise him, come before him, and ask him to work today so that our future might be bright. I was going to take a little snippet from our website and read our history of our church. Uh, And the shorter version was too short and it didn't say enough. And the longer version took me an hour to read out loud. So I thought maybe you guys wouldn't appreciate that. But I encourage you to go Google First Presbyterian Church of Dearborn History. The first link that will come up is one that you won't find if you go to our website. It's kind of buried. But it's the first link when you Google that that is the full history of our church. And someone wrote it in 2009, probably someone who's sitting here. Marianne, do you remember who wrote it? Okay, Kathleen Parr maybe. Becky, do you remember? Dottie, did you write that? Phenomenal writing, by the way, Dottie. It is an incredible history of our church. And what we've done as a session, actually like two and a half years ago, is we read through that and we talked about the threads of the history of our church and what kind of symmetry we see of those stories that go through the threads of our church for our future. I would love for you all to do that. Read that story and come back and tell me what are the the threads you see through it. I'd be surprised if you guys don't see some of the same threads that I see. So let us come now. Let us worship the Lord. Someone put their cell phone up here. Great family memorabilia. Probably pictures are on there. That's good. Good. (laughs) I should have put my cell phone up here. Let us come now. Let us worship the Lord in this table because it's here that we remember the ultimate act that God did for us to show us his love. 
that he was not content to sit in heaven and watch us disobey him here on this earth, uh, condemning ourselves to an eternity without him. Instead, he came to this earth as a human being in his son, Jesus. And he lived a life, a perfect human life, showing us what it was meant for us to be when we were created by him those many years ago. And then in order to make it so that we can have that kind of relationship with him, he died for our sins on the cross. And he provided a new way, a new connection, a new type of love between his people and himself that we experience when we come together and we take this meal in memory of him. So let us come. Let us celebrate this table together, not because we've been baptized in some church, not because we carry the name Presbyterian, but because Jesus carried our name, human, on him when he died on the cross. Let us remember his love for us, coming and willing to lay our lives down for him as he's done for us in the symbols of this meal. What a wonderful Sunday together to remember what the Lord has done for us. I want to point out a couple of things. First of all, our music program is amazing. And a lot of that is because we have an amazing organist music director who's able to really bring gifts and strengths. She, she really has a talent to let others shine and to bring their gifts and strengths out. So she's, she's put together these concerts that we're having every once in a while after worship. And next week, we're going to be having one of those concerts where Dean Mazaretis is going to be sharing with us some of his musical talent. And we encourage you to next week come and bring your friends and then stay after worship to listen to some beautiful music. I also encourage you to head down this hallway. I know you're going to be tempted that it looks pretty outside. It's cold. It's nasty out there. You don't want to go out there. Go this direction, down this hallway to Mitchell Hall and enjoy some cake with us, some dancing, some fun. Uh, dancing in a church. Hmm, amazing. Now, as a charge this week, sit down. Write your family tree as far back as you can remember. Write the stories down that have been passed down to you. And look for the threads of how God has weaved the story of your family and of you through time. And listen where God is leading you to the future, where God is leading us as a church into the future, that we might be thankful and grateful to him in front of all the world for what he's done for us.